888-835-2414. This is Blogging with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Blogging with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm gonna, I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Sama from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 338, we're going to be talking about how one successful blogging client doubled her income. Yes, I said doubled. And no, I'm not talking about in years. I'm talking about in two short months. Uh, She went from doing pretty okay to doing amazingly in such a short period of time. But here's the thing. She was able to do this by taking some specific actions that challenge her to think differently and act differently. And as I was reviewing some of what my clients have done in the past, I was able to put her, pull her story out and tease out four steps that we took to help her accomplish that. And my goal is to share those steps with you today so that you, whether you're getting started or, you're, or you've been building your blogging business for a while, you can get some tips to help you grow even faster. So practical steps for growing your income, that's what we're going to be talking about today. How are you doing? I hope you are doing very well. I feel like... I feel like it's been a while. I feel like we haven't, <laughs> like we have not had a conversation in a very long time. And the reason why it seems that way is because I've been gone, and you know, I've I've been recording at least uh, in the past uh, few months. I've been batch recording my episodes, and I was like two months ahead. So it really does feel like we haven't had a conversation in a while, and I'm so glad that we're gonna have it today. Uh, Today's conversation might be a little shorter because I don't know if you can tell my voice is not the way it normally is. It's a little hoarse. (laughs) It's because my little little two-year-old daughter is sick and she loves coughing directly in daddy's mouth. I don't know if that was TMI. (laughs) Uh, But my voice is a little challenged. So you know what? Let's just jump right into the content where we're going to be talking about how one of my blogging clients doubled her income in two months. Now, I want to I want to give you a little bit of background. I'm not going to give you like specific details of who this client was and and you know all but, but I'm going to I want to pull out the lessons because this is something that I've done with a number of my clients that has worked sig- I mean it it has worked very well. And I want to pull those lessons out and share those with you now, at the time that this uh, client came to me, she was making about uh, four thousand dollars a month with her blog, and and you know that's significant to be able to be at home uh, working on content, putting it out there on your blog, and making thousands of dollars. It's something that most people never get to accomplish. So she was already making some money with her blog, and when we started. Whenever I start with a, a, a coaching client that uh, where we're trying to grow their revenue, which is what we're usually trying to do, we set specific goals. And I remember we set her goal at, I want to I wanna get to $7,000 a month in sales. And then we set a stretch goal. And the stretch goal was like, you know, if every 
everything goes like perfectly well, I want to hit $10,000 in sales. <laughs> now, what I what I want to tell you is that we we surpassed that stretch goal in 2 months and we did it in a very strategic way. And I want to walk you through those steps. Now, I want to give some disclaimers. Some of those disclaimers should already be odd, uh, obvious. Uh, disclaimer number one is she already had an audience. She had her blog, um, and people were coming to the blog. They were getting value from her. Um, they were signing up to her email list, and she had an uh, she had a, a, a decent sized email list as well. Uh, her email list at the time was around thirty thousand, and she was already, like I said, making some money. So she already had. A strong foundation. So, so, so I, I know a lot of people listening to my podcast are just getting started or they're even just thinking about getting started and they're listening to, to this show because they want to get some tips to help them get started. But don't worry. Here's what I want to tell you. There are some key lessons that apply to you as a blogger regardless of what stage you're at. I'm listening to my voice right now and I'm like, man, I don't sound... I, 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 it is, it, <laughs> It's not as it's not as ah as I would like it. Maybe I should take off my headphones and <laughs> and just do this. Anyhow, I hope you can see past my scratchy voice or hear past my scratchy voice and get the value that's in this episode because it's gonna be a a, a lot of value in this episode. So regardless of what level you're at, even if you're just thinking about started, starting, I want you to be thinking about these things because they can make a huge difference in what you're able to accomplish. All right. So let's talk about what she was doing before in terms of because she had a number of products um, and, and what she would do is she had an idea for a product. And then she would create that product. I think my audience would like this. I will create this and I will sell this to my audience. Uh, so she'd create the product. She would add it to her store. She would announce the fact that she has this new product uh, to her audience. And people would come and they would buy it. And then it was kind of like wash, rinse, and repeat. Right? You get an idea. You create a product. You add it to your store. You announce it to your audience. You get an idea. Create a product. Add it to store. And announce it to the audience. And it was working okay. It was doing a, a, a decent job. So we we looked at what she was doing and and wanted to figure out, okay, how do we take this up to the next level? And here here's the problem with going about it in the way that I said before. The, the the have an idea, create a product, add to the store, announce it to the audience, and all that good stuff. Here here are the problems. Number one. How do you really know that you're creating what they are what what your audience wants? How do you know that you're solving their most pressing problems? And yes, you can kind of guess at this. You can kind of have some feelings. Maybe you resonate with your audience because you were a part of your audience in terms of you had the same problems and struggles. But by just doing it that way, you're not making your decisions based on data. And that is a flaw. You want to make sure that what you are creating is what they want, that what you're creating is solving the most pressing problem because if you do that, if you make sure that is the case, then you're going to be increasing the chances that people are going to be more likely to buy. 
So that's the first problem. The second problem is that she wasn't promoting it to her audience effectively. Uh, so, so, so while, yeah, they know there's a product, it was not the process, the, the, the launch process, the promotion process. It was not as effective as it could be. So the goal then was, number one, to maximize the resonance of your solution to the problem. Now, th this word resonance is one that I absolutely love. And I want to explain it this way because I remember when I used to teach physics at a high school, we, we had a section where we were talking about resonance. We were talking about sound. And I, you know, I, I was debating whether to do this, but I'm going to try. Maybe I, maybe I shouldn't do this. Anyhow, I'm going to try it, okay? Forgive me. I'm, listen, what I'm about to do right now might fall flat. I brought my guitar down here <laughs> to do something, and then I put it to the side like, nah, I'm not going to try it, but I'm going to try it, Okay. Forgive me if if I just mess this thing up. Uh, let let's see how it goes. Let me get my guitar. Okay, this is this is a children's guitar, so it's more like Noah's guitar. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pluck a string on the guitar. And there's a point to all of this. Don't don't be like Leslie. I don't care about your piano. I mean your your um guitar skills. I'm gonna pluck one of the strings. All right. Let's see if this comes through. All right. I think that came through. Right. So I'm plucking on this string, and, and the reason it's making that particular sound is because there's a certain frequency that it resonates with, all right? And as I am plucking on it, I'm just like dumping a whole bunch of frequencies on there, but the frequency that it resonates with is the frequency that it's going to vibrate, and it's going to make that sound. If I pluck another string... Obviously, this guitar is not tuned, and hopefully you can hear what I'm doing there, but that's the note that we're going to go with. So that's one way of me making this sound. But did you know that you can get this to make that sound without even touching it? If you have a guitar at home, I want you to try this, and maybe you've already done this, but I'm going to play this again. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to get it to make that sound without touching it. How do I do that? So I am actually going to attempt. I shouldn't I should not do this. What? Ah, I'm going to attempt to sing the same note and see if it's going to resonate just by me singing by, by me singing that note. All right. So this is the note. And now I'm not going to touch it. I'm just going to sing that note. Well, let me warm up. No, no, that's not it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, all right. I'm ready. You ready? I'm going to try to sing the same note. Um, do you hear that? Oh, I think you heard it. Wait, let me try it again. Um, um, you hear that? I really hope you hear that because if you don't hear that, 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 that it won't be as cool. But now here's the thing. I'm going to try to sing a note that's not that note and see what happens. Uh, uh, do you hear anything? No. But if I do it again, maybe a little closer to it. Uh, uh, you're hearing it a little bit. I hope you heard that. Here's the thing, right? If I sing a note that resonates with that same uh, frequency, it's going to vibrate and you're going to hear that same 
And the closer I get to that, the more it's going to resonate and the more vibrations you're going to get. If I start moving away from that note, yeah, it might do it a little bit, but the further away I get from it, you're not going to hear that resonance. It's the same thing with your audience, right? There are certain things that they resonate with. There are certain problems that they have. And yeah, my example might have been a crappy one here, but you get the point. If you can be right on tune, if you can have the right frequency with your audience, they're going to resonate with it more and they're going to be more likely to move, more likely to vibrate. I, I don't know if they're going to be vibrating, but you get the point, right? If you know exactly what their problem is, you can do the things that resonates with that, that problem. You can create that solution that resonates so well that when they see that you have it, they got to move. They got to act. And that is the key. So that's number one. The goal is to maximize the resonance of your solution to the problem. This is what I want you to do uh, just to keep this in your mind. Whenever you see a guitar, the next time you see a guitar, I want you to pluck a string and then sing the same note. And the closer you get to that note, the more it's going to vibrate and the more you're going to hear that sound. That's number one. Goal number two is you want to maximize. I hope that didn't fall flat. You want to maximize their exposure to the perfect solution. It doesn't matter how perfect your solution is. If they don't know about it, it's not going to make a difference. Or if they kind of know about it or they heard about it but not fully, if they don't really know that it resonates with what they're dealing with, if it's not presented in the right way, it doesn't make a difference. All right? So the question is, how do you accomplish the first goal? How do you maximize the resonance of your solution to their problem? Here's what we did, and here's what you can do. Number one, survey your audience. Yes, it, it's, it maybe it's something that you've heard a lot about or whatever the case might be, but this is such a great way. If you create a survey, a, a good survey, it's a great way to get a strong indication of what your audience is struggling with. All right? Now, in this survey, you're not going to ask them, hey, is this something... Uh, is this something that you want to buy? No, that's not what you want to ask because, you know, when, when I hear a buy on a survey, most likely I'm just going to say, no, I'm not buying this stuff. You're trying to get to the heart of the problem. You want to know what are they struggling with? What are they dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis that's related to the topic of your blog, related to the kinds of products and services that you can promote to them? All right. Now, I, I did a, a very detailed episodes on how to a, de, a detailed episode on how to create surveys to read your audience's mind. Uh, this was episode 235. So you can go to becomeablogger.com slash 235. And I just walk you through a process. This is a process that I've learned from working with social media examiner and Michael Stelzner. Um, he has such a detailed process, really, for creating these surveys. And to kind of summarize what, what you want to do with this, um, 
here's what you this is this is the process general generally speaking you're going to start with some assumptions make some assumptions about your audience who are they get specific what are they struggling with what are the things that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis what are they trying to figure out i want you to just create a list of assumptions and based on those assumptions you're going to create some questions And these are the questions that you're going to send out in your survey. Once again, becomeablogger.com slash 235. I go into a whole lot of detail about how to create surveys to read your audience's minds. If you do it the right way, you're going to get so much valuable data. Your goal is to know what they are struggling with. You want to know what product to create or what product to focus on. Maybe you already have products, but you're trying to figure out what's the best way to to, to display the right products so that they're going to be more they're going to be more likely to buy. And you also want to know what words they use. This is going to be key in helping you to present it in the way that makes the most sense so survey your audience that's the first thing we did and when we did it we got so much valuable information leading to her realizing wait a minute what i'm focusing on might not be the best thing to focus on this is the kind of product that i need to create and this is how i need to word it it gives you so much valuable data so that you can figure out what you can create and how you can present it so that it resonates, kind of like my guitar, with the, 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 the problems that they are trying to solve. All right? Survey your audience. That is step number one. Step number two, once you gather that data and you analyze that data, this is all a part of uh, step number one. And once again, you can go to that episode, episode 235, where I break it down in detail. The next step, and this is a step that I think a lot of people try to kind of do it, and you can't kind of do it. I mean, you can, but if you kind of do it, you're going to kind of get some mediocre results, and that's not what we're looking for. We're trying to kill this. We're trying to knock this thing out of the park. Makes sense, right? All right. Step number two then. It's to create an awesome product. And what do I mean that by it being an awesome product? It solves a major pain point. This is the thing that they are struggling with. You've, you've, you've analyzed the data. This is not you guessing. This is you analyzing the data from a well-crafted survey and then using that data... <coughs> Using that data to determine what you're going to create. And you're going to create it very well. So it solves a major pain point. It delivers a specific result. It is high value. Once again, it is high value. This is not a time to get, you know, uh, let me just throw something out there. No, if you want to maximize your results. You want to maximize your earnings from the the product that you are creating to sell to your audience. Make sure it provides value. Makes sense, right? So step number one, you survey your audience. Step number two, 
you create an awesome product. Now, remember, she had created products before. Um, she's added it to her store and then just announcing it to her audience. Maybe send an email or create a blog post and you send it. Now, the, 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 the third step in this process, which was very crucial. I mean, every step here is very crucial. But this one really made a big difference in accomplishing the goal of maximizing their exposure to the perfect solution. And that is focus on email. Now, once again, in the past, she would send out an email uh, that maybe goes to a blog post and that would announce the offer. But I'm talking about a completely different level of focus. Because you have to touch your audience multiple times before they even consider making a, a, a decision to purchase with you. You want to have multiple touch points. And I'll, I'll talk, talk about some other things that you can do. But I want you to focus on email. Now, in doing this, uh, what we decided to do, and this is what I've done for just about every product launch that I've been involved with, is offer some kind of a time-sensitive offer. Now, this is extremely important for maximizing sales, especially when you're just launching something. Now, this time-sensitive offer could be a discounted price. Uh, it could be some added value, so maybe a one-on-one -on -one call or something of that sort. I just signed up for a course on how to how to do Airbnb because we're running some Airbnbs in St. Martin. And one of the things that you get uh, when you sign up for this course, if you signed up early enough, uh, first of all, you get a significant discount. I think it was 50%. And also, you can get on a call with them and they will help you figure out certain things in your business. And when I saw that, I jumped at it. Now, if I went to the website and there was this course for sale and it was just always for sale, maybe I may not have purchased it right then and there. But the fact that they had this special offer and they emailed me about it and they had this additional incentive, I was like, yo, I'm getting this like right now. And I, I bought it as soon as I opened up the email because it solved the problem. But also I knew that there was this time sensitive offer and I wanted to get in at that lower price and I wanted to get that added value. Now, no. <coughs> sorry, my throat. <coughs> Let me. Pause here really quick and take some water. And we're back. <laughs> All right. So time-sensitive offer. And during that promotional time period, you want to email often, but not too often. And you want to make sure that your emails provide value. So this is how we did it. And I was going through the notes of everything that we did. And this is something that I've repeated with a number of clients. So what we decided was to do a one-week special offer. Okay, so that was the time sensitivity. Uh, and what we did was the week before we started introducing the topic that's related to the product that she was going to be selling. All right, so the week before, she prepped her audience, had them start thinking about that particular struggle, and then... Uh, sh and she did it by, she, she sent out an email that went to a blog post, and that blog post was sharing her story pertaining to the thing that we she was going to be selling in that product. Okay, so the week before, we introduced it. On the day of, 
once again, we sent out an email, and that email was introducing this new product and this special offer. All right. Now, we emailed multiple times during that week. We emailed three times during that week. Uh, a key factor in there was telling stories. You know, uh, th there's, a, there's a quote. I don't remember who said it, but it, it goes like this. Facts tell, stories sell. And stories are so powerful in getting people to take action because people can resonate once again with these stories. They can see themselves in these situations and they can see that you understand their, their struggles. And when you offer them a solution, they are more likely to act. So we had three emails that went out during the week. It was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the sale was ending, I think it was on the Monday. But the key thing now was what happened in the last 24 hours. In most of the special offers that I've done, what we've seen is this. You make a decent amount of sales during that time period. And then on the last day, you double those sales. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing, but you don't double those sales Unless you focus on those 24 hours. In the last 24 hours, you want to send at least an email letting them know there are 24 hours remaining. And then one final sale email letting them know that the offer is expiring soon. Now, there's a tool that I've used um, that really helps with this, and it's called Motion Mail. You can get it at Motion Mail app. Uh, motion mail app and it's free uh, for most people I've never paid for it you have to have a lot of <laughs> a lot of opens in order to to pay for it I don't remember what the number is but for most people it's gonna be free um, and what that will do is it will put a countdown timer in the email so that they can see that time sensitivity all right so the the email process is gonna be very important and remember, in the past, what she's done is just announce, hey, I have this product, go and get it. No, 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 no. We want to have an extensive email process with multiple touch points, sharing stories, delivering value, and then reminding them about this special offer that is expiring soon. Now, one other thing that she did was she, she had a number of affiliates and she emailed those and, and, and got some of them to promote. And that didn't make up a bulk of her sales, but it did bring in some additional revenue. So that is point number three. Step number three, you focus on email. And number four, complementary content. She's a blogger. She creates content regularly. And what she did, along with these emails, was that she, she had posts on her blog that were pointing to the sale. Now, it was a post where she might, once again, share a story um, and then lead directly towards that product sale. Okay? So uh, 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 an email might be, one of the emails, uh, a few of the emails actually, she'd send out an email introducing a topic. She'd funnel them over to the blog post, which kind of digs deeper into that topic, provides even more value. And from there, the next logical step is to get access to this amazing product that resonates with them, that solves a specific problem. And um, uh, so she co combined the blog post and the emails. Now, you may be 
someone that does a lot of video. Well, you can combine your videos with the emails. One of my um, clients right now, that's exactly what she's working on. She, she, she has a, a, a very popular YouTube channel. And as a result of that, she, she gets a lot of engagement over there. Well, she's going to leverage email and YouTube on her blog to point people to the product that she is launching next month. All right. So you can combine all of these things. When I do it, I talk about things in my uh, in my podcast. So I might send out an email that leads to the podcast. And then from the podcast, I, I give even more value and I lead to promoting the product or the service that I am promoting. In, well, in my case, it would be the product um, that I am promoting. So you can use complementary content to enhance what you're doing. If you want to go live, you can do that. And that's another thing we're doing. She's going to be doing with this product launch that's coming up next month. She's going to be going live in addition to her YouTube videos. But everything, every piece of content during that time is going to be for the purpose of delivering value, but delivering value that directly leads to the sale of that product. So by surveying her audience to find out exactly what she wanted, I mean, what her audience is struggling with, what their goals are, and uh, what she can create that resonates with the problem that they are solving. She was able to create that awesome product. She focused on email and had complementary content to, 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 to reinforce this entire concept. And all of this worked together to not just cause her to reach her goal, her main goal, not just cause her to reach her stretch goal, but to bypass that significantly. And she's replicated this over and over. It worked so well that she just kept doing it. Yeah, we tried some other things that also worked, but this was the foundation. So if you are, if you are creating products and you, you have no like concrete idea that this is what you should be creating, if you are uh, just announcing your products and not having this full process behind it of getting a maximizing exposure to that product or service that you are launching, if you're not leveraging email and you're not creating complementary content, these are all things that you can do to increase your earnings. Now, Oh, wow, 30 minutes. That's perfect. My voice is kind of doing that thing, so I'm going to check off soon. I want to mention this before I leave. If you are a blogger that is, you know, maybe you're kind of like she was. You're, you, you've had some success with your blog. You're making some money with your blog, and you want to take things to the next level, and you want that kind of hand-holding to guide you through the process, whether it's to launch a product or whether it's to, to you know, provide a service or just you want to optimize what you're doing so that it is doing better than it was before and you want someone or a group of people to hold your hand and help you through this, I want to invite you to apply to the Blogger Dream Team, which is my mastermind group where you get kind of a combination of coaching from me but you also get uh, access to other bloggers that are doing awesome things online that can also pour into you. And you, you want to commit to something like that. You want to have that you know, other people feeding into you, but also you pouring into them. 
I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to apply. And when you do apply, if you meet the criteria, I want to get on a call with you. And on this call, it's not only going to be about seeing if you're a good fit for the mastermind group, not only about seeing if the mastermind group is a good fit for you, but I want to dissect a little bit of what you're doing in your business and see if even during that one call, I can provide you with tips and kind of like a roadmap of how you can take things from where they are right now and take them to the next level. That's what I want to do for you. So if you are interested in that, go to becomeablogger.com slash apply. So once again, that's becomeablogger.com slash apply. And there you have it. This was episode number 338, becomeablogger.com slash 338. I hope you ha- you got tons of value from that. I know you did. And one simple call to action to you is just what I was just talking about. If you are ready to take things to the next level, you've been growing your blogging business, you would love to have that camaraderie, that help, that people that are like, like they're there for you and helping you to take things up a notch. Becomeablogger.com slash apply. Becomeablogger.com slash apply. And if you're just kind of getting started with your blogging business, you're not exactly sure what you should be doing, or maybe you have already started it, but you want some extra guidance and all that good stuff. Have you heard about my Become a Blogger Coaching Club? If not, man, you should. (laughs) You should not only hear about it, but you should go ahead and check it out. Head on over to bloggercoaching.com. That's bloggercoaching.com. And here's the cool thing. If you have a question, you can ask your question. And when you ask your question, I will record a video to answer your question for you. It's like guidance at a next level. So bloggercoaching.com, go ahead and check that out. But that's pretty much it for this episode. I think my voice kind of lasted. <laughs> Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Three, 